Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tatva Tuesday. This is Lindsay Warwick, uh, the conduit on YouTube and Spotify for the Tatva Tuesday interview series, where I am interviewing people about their spiritual journey as well as their spiritual offerings. So excited this week to have Stevie Goggins on here. She's a yoga teacher, a ceremony facilitator, and a bhakta. Hey, Stevie, how's it going? Hi, girl. It's good. It's going good. Warm, sunshiny, another sunshiny day in Mexico. So I can't complain. Yes. God bless. No, it's literally like it's sun- sunshine every day here. It's like the twilight zone. Living your, <laughs> but, living your best life. Yes. The best way. So it How is so... Like? I'm great. I'm sitting outside on my porch right now. It is not Mexico, but it's South Carolina. And there are mm-hmm. some palm trees in my direct line of sight. Nice. And my pl- I have my plants around me. So I'm like <laughs> kind of in Mexico, but not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Mexico. Yes. Good. I'm glad it's warmed up there too. It's so nice. I know. Yes, it's been a little weird with the ice storm and the, you know, the cold temps. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. It feels like spring, you know, for sure. So it is lovely to have you. Um, There are so many things that we could talk about. (laughs) I want to talk first. I'll just kind of say it out there that I met Stevie a couple of years ago, right? Um, At Yoga in Common. Mm -hmm. And I've had the pleasure of taking your yoga classes, getting to know you, and then also doing the Kula Collective yoga, 300 hour yoga teacher training, um, and just learning from you and journeying with you. And it's just been such an honor to get to know you. I think you're just such a magical being and yeah. So tell, so tell us first, Thank you. you know, yes, tell us about I think you're a magical being. Thank you. Thank you. Tell us about um, how you tell us about your spiritual path. Like, how did you get on the spiritual path? And, you know, how did you find yoga? Um, Okay, well, it all started May 26, 1988. (laughs) (laughs) I was born a very long time ago. Um, God, okay, yeah, this is a this is a good topic. I um, because it was it was pretty I guess it is for everybody like life-changing but um, for me it felt big um, I found yoga when I was 21 um, 33 now and um, I had been since I was like 15 um, with drugs and alcohol and um and I, I just like, I feel like growing up, like I never had peace of mind. Like I was always restless. I always felt uncomfortable. I always felt like, like there's gotta be something more and also didn't know how to man- manage like the hormonal, like feelings of being a young girl and all that stuff. And so I just always felt like, ugh. and so I turned to drugs and alcohol for a long time. Um, and then when I was 21, Um, I was trying to find 
some relief. Like I was just trying to like find some light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, and I remember seeing this yoga class uh, by Angela Jones, little plug in Polly's Island. And, um, <laughs> and I, I don't even know if she's teaching anymore, but I, I went and I got there and there was like me and like probably like four older, what I thought were like really old women they were probably in their like fifties and sixties and um, me. And I was like, you know, like, what am I doing here? And I, but I just, I stuck to it. I did the class and I just remember driving home after the class feeling like that sense of peace in my own body and like real, like the first time I felt like I really landed in my body and was living from my body rather than my mind. And so it just like, and it, I was on this like high and, um, and the class wasn't like a rigorous vinyasa. I actually didn't get into yoga through like the physical side. I know a lot of people do, but it was very, it was like Iyengar. It was very slow. It was very like practical, but like spiritually I felt something and, um, and then it stuck. And then I just started going like regularly, um, I didn't actually put down the drugs and alcohol until I was 24. Um, I went back and forth, back and forth. But I remember hearing this quote from a, like a documentary on Paramahansa Yogananda. And he said, he was telling one of his students, like the student was like, oh, you think I can like, you think I can still drink and smoke over there with my friends and then come here and meditate? Like, how does that work? And he was like, you know, just keep practicing, just keep practicing and all that other stuff will fall away. And that's kind of what happened at, at 24. I just realized like that stuff um, was taking me out and wasn't serving me. And I wanted to go in and, um, and get to something more sustainable and healthy and, um, and so I let all of that other stuff go. And um, the same time I was getting sober, I was doing my yoga teacher training, my first one, my 200 hour when I was 24. And, um, and then just started teaching. And yeah, I mean, I could, I can talk for a whole hour about like what's happened since then, and we can get into all that. But yeah, that was kind of my introduction was when I was, was 21. And, and I've heard a lot of people say like, you know, I came to yoga because I wanted to get in shape and I thought it would be a good workout. And that's great. Cause then it brought them in and then they found more, but for me, it was kind of the opposite. Like I came in because the spiritual uh elixir was there and I just like drank it up you know and I was like oh, this is this is like okay because I think I'm always looking for a way to get high I mean that's like part of like who I am is like I want and so to be able to find that through my own body and through my own like practice is is you know it was just like mind-blowing to me so and then it's just taking me on this like whoa crazy like I don't even know what's happened in the last 10 years kind of journey, <laughs> like, which is just never, it never ends. It's just a constant ongoing process, you know? Yeah. Um, totally. Like it's just, everything just continues to unfold and like, you know, the layers continue to come off of us. And I got chills when you were talking because we have so much similarity in our story, our yoga story. Mm. I did not go for the physical. I literally went to 
finished some of my degree requirements and I was 20, I was 21 as well. Oh my God. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I actually, I hated yoga at first, but then once I started to feel those emotional, spiritual, mental benefits that, mm-hmm. that hooked me in versus the phys. I mean, the physical aspect was probably the last thing that kind of was the reason why I, I, you know, liked yoga. But I think it's, it is interesting because I have seen a lot of people, they go for the physical and then it's like, whoa, there's so much more to this than the physical aspects. Um, yeah. And so I also, you know, can relate to you in the sense where, you know, in my, in my younger years, I was very, um, you know, I was afraid of my own power, my own spiritual gifts, and I would binge drink and like party like crazy. And that has shifted over time. Um, but yeah, I've gone through periods of, you know, sobriety and then, you know, not. So it's just been an, it's an interesting journey. Like it's continual looking within. So, yeah. And it's not like, I used to think that it was very linear, like the, which is a very masculine way of looking at it. And it's Mm -hmm. not that the masculine is, is bad. I'm trying to like, actually, find that balance between the masculine and the feminine but it's like it's it's a very masculine or like just very structural way to look like oh this path is linear I'm just going to keep going up 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 Mm -hmm. and what I have found and and you know what's been said through other teachers and and mentors is like it's a it's a spiral or it's a circle that, that it's like this path isn't just like you get on and you never, well, you do never get off, but it's like, you kind of like fall back or, you know, like I'll revert back to some old ways. And like, you know, like for me now it's not drugs and alcohol, but like, I'll catch myself like, like this week I was sick and I wanted to just like binge watch Netflix. And sometimes that's okay, you know, but it's like just finding that, that, that we're never really off the path and, and that these like setbacks that I felt like I've had in, in my journey really haven't been setbacks at all. They've really been like part of the journey. And so it's taken me a while and still, and it's like you said, like it's constantly unfolding. It's not like, I'm just going to hope, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to wake up enlightened in this lifetime, but like, it's just this constant feeling back, getting to know ourselves on a deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper level. And, um, and sometimes, yeah, I, I fall off the path or fall off my ideal of the path, I would say. And, um, and then learn later that like, that was all part of the path, you know, all these hardships and, and mistakes and like, behavioral things that I wish I could get rid of it's like oh but each time that I fall off I'm like learning from it if that makes sense so yeah yeah girl it does and it just totally and it just made me well thank you so much first for sharing so candidly about your experience to get onto the path and just I love I always love talking to you like your honesty and your um your authenticity like you always feel you're so genuine and just, just love you. Um, I and love you too. Thanks. And uh, <laughs> that just got me thinking about our teacher training this last, um, last year, the 300 hour and how like, I actually, so I was at Yoga in Common 
last weekend and I was, you know, in, in that space that we shared, we shared so much time together and tears and hugs and all the things. And like Mm -hmm. you came into my brain and I was like, Oh, I miss Stevie so much. And then I thought about how at the beginning of that training, like how different of a person I was and Mm -hmm. like, just how, like how shamanic it really was. Like people were like unable to complete it for what, whatever reason, or like all of our shadows were coming up and out. And I just, you know, have to say that you held such a beautiful sacred container for all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I just, it just got oh me God. thinking about yeah. that, about how intense that training was. Oh and I know God. you've been a yoga teacher, a facilitator for a little while now. So I don't know if you wanted to talk about that, but I mean, I've experienced you as a teacher and a facilitator and mm-hmm. a bhakta and you're just amazing. <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can hear that. Um, in Mexico. Um, anyway, <laughs> oh, Mexico. Mexico. It's really loud, and people are building things all the time. And I have neighbors really close to me. Um, tight quarters here, which I love about living here. But we can talk about that later. Um, yeah, I was thinking. Actually, I was thinking about this this 300 hour this morning while I was like getting up and getting getting ready, and how how intense that training. I mean, it was a six months training. It was just like, I mean, I think the collective energy has been, we all know, like crazy and just like so much has come up, come up in the last two years. And, um, but like, that was a really intense for me too. You know, it was like a lot of big lessons in there. And I mean, I'm, I learn from facilitating teacher trainings. Like every time I teach a teacher training, I learn something like, or a lot of things. And, um, this was the first 300 hour that I had, that I had co-facilitated with Sunny and Kula Collective and um, man, like big lessons. But one of the lessons that, that, that I just shared about came out of that, that was like huge for me was that something that I learned from my teacher, Angel, which is, is like having conflict in our lives, like whether it be with other, another person, <clears throat> inner conflict with myself or outside circumstances like you know someone breaking their ankle or you know in the middle of training or whatever the case like there's always like crazy stuff going on but that conflict is not me being off the path like yes I'm so glad you're talking about this I I wanted you to talk about this I'm so yes (laughs) we are here so we are in Um, but the conflict is not being off the path that conflict is being on the path and that conflict is actually a part of the path. And when we separate it, that's when we get into like spiritual bypassing where I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, everything is good all the time. And if it's not, then it's gotta be like somebody else's shit. And, and I can't deal with it. I'm just going to go over here and, and sing mantras and be in my bubble. And that's beautiful, but like that's spiritual bypassing and, and something else that I was taught that was is that like to be spiritual, what, what that one definition of that is to be fully integrated as a person. And so that means integrating all parts of ourselves. And so conflict gives us this opportunity to, to show up, to wake up, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to integrate some part of myself that like I've been avoiding, you know, yeah. or to really just take a look at it. And so 
that was huge for me. It's something that like I've I've always heard from my teacher, but we forget these things. You know, we have to be like constantly. I have to be constantly reminded of all these like spiritual nuggets. But she always reminds me that like, hey, this is yet another opportunity for you to wake up and um and to go into the conflict with like an open heart and like fresh eyes and um and that by doing that like some awakening happens to like some part of myself that's been asleep or or I just like I learned how to handle conflicts while still holding and taking care of myself so it's like this big like how do I like meet this person and still hold myself in integrity in love and compassion and, and also like hold that person in love and compassion, even if they're like who I think is Satan or whatever, you know, like I don't really believe in Satan, but since you're in South Carolina, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, um, I mean, here, here I am. So, you know, like, yeah, so just holding I'm myself. So in, glad in you other, brought this yeah. up. It's so, it's, it's so good. You, Ugh. I mean, you know how crazy my life, our lives are as human beings. Like, you know, well, we're spiritual beings having human experience, but last year was rough for me in a lot of ways. And there was a lot of conflict. Um, you know, with others, with myself. Um, and so I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause I was like, mm, I was like, <laughs> Jedi mind tricking you. I was like, I hope she brings that up. <laughs> like com- conflict is the path. And like, we yeah. had so many conversations about this and it's, it's like that whole idea. Like you talked about integrating your shadow self with your light body self and my shaman, you know, one of them that I work with, I, I work with a, a, ma- a male shaman who's the Lakota culture and then uh, a female who's the Rose Priestess lineage. So I, I like to take, you know, we take what we need from whatever yeah. sources. But he told me once that with every level of light in somebody, there is that amount of darkness as well. It's just having sovereignty and deciding but what would life even be without the conflict or without right. the resistance or the dissonance that it would be nothing. It would be, right. you know what right. I mean? So yeah, yeah, it's Vanilla. hard though. Right. And it's hard though. When, when you're in those conflicts, like leaning into the conflict, like leaning mm. in, like, what can I learn from here and how can I hold myself in my space frame my energy and also hold integrity in that space but Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's really like something like when I was going through a breakup you know five six years ago that was really tough and 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 it yeah being in that was like like this it feels like for me when I'm in some kind of crisis mode or conflict or or stuff's just not going my way like that it's never going to change like I just when we're in it when I'm in like this depression (laughs) or anxiety it's like it's gonna be like this forever and like and then I spiral I spin out and um and so it's good for me to remember that everything is temporary and that this you know this too shall pass is actually like one of my favorite things to say but 
but also like when I'm in it, like, you know, one of the things that I was taught to do is to actually like feel like literally feel what's happening when I'm like feeling anxious or depressed or upset or whatever the good thing is to go in and actually feel it in my physical body and like turn my attention to my like little self, like, you know, little Stevie, because usually when we're, when we are behaving outwardly with conflict, we're operating from like a place of, of when we were like three years old, you know, like that's like where we're operating from is this, like whatever issues were there is, is like, is what we picked up and we're programmed and how to respond to our environment and stuff. So anyway, if I can just turn my attention towards like the little girl who's hurting inside and really just like be with myself, even if it's for like a minute, mm-hmm. it could be excruciating. I mean, it's hard to sit with myself for a minute when I'm in pain and um, mm-hmm. instead of just, instead of just distracting with whatever. Um, so I started to learn how to do that. And the more I've done that, the more familiar it becomes as a practice. And so it's easier. It's easier to be like, all right, I'm feeling this way. I'm just going to pause and sit with it for a little bit before I do anything else. And, and then also like, you know, something Angel shared with me was like healthy distraction. So it's like, if it becomes too much, like this conflict is going on, whatever it is. And I am just like overwhelmed and can't take it anymore than like healthy distraction, which means for me, like go for a walk on the beach or Mm -hmm. like, eat eat some vegan ice cream I don't really eat ice cream but <laughs> they have like they have, they have sorbet here in Mexico which is really good and it's vegan so or like whatever your like healthy treat would be to like get out of that that mindset for a little bit and then go back to it later so these are all stuff that like I talk really good about but like god it's such a practice <laughs> like just like this is never uh, when I I'm love in how it, I'm, honest you are you're like yeah, yeah I I sound amazing, but <laughs> like, I can tell you Same. how to do it. Same. Yeah. <laughs> it's always easier. It's like always easier to guide others sometimes than it is yeah. to hold ourselves to that level of accountability or whatever. But healthy distraction, yeah. I think, is important too. It's like, yeah, feel it, but like, don't completely marinate in it I feel like everything everything in life is it's like a balance so trying to find that balance in that you know I know yeah I used to hate that word balance (laughs) like just like just that word it just sounded to me like really boring you know because I liked like I did I liked like the thrills, you know, like the ups and the downs and the highs and like, if I'm going to be low or drama, yeah, (laughs) drama queen. So it's taking me a while. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. But now I really, I do like that word. And I am trying to like, I think I'm I'm living a pretty balanced life as of right now. And, um, and that's just like taken a lot of time of getting, even getting used to like, the peacefulness that I do feel like, cause even that was foreign to me, you know, cause I felt so like, not at, like at peace in my body and mind for so long that when I started to experience these levels of like serenity and peace and just like kind of evenness, you know, like nothing's, mm-hmm. um, nothing's 
amazing, but nothing's awful. And just kind of like right here. And for me at first, I was like, what is this? You know, like, how do I stability? Right. Right. I feel that. So I was like, oh, you know, like feels really good to just have peace of mind and, and just, um, balance, Mm -hmm. some balance in my life. Maybe it's getting older. I don't know. It could be because I'm feeling that way too. Like I used to love like the drama and the thrills. And now I'm like, if it's not good for my nervous system, you got to go. Like, I just can't, I literally can't anymore. I'm too old, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, I was thinking too, cause you mentioned that you were sick and like, I know we've joked, joked about this kind of, but you know, I lived in Costa Rica for a little while and I love to travel. And so do you, and you've had some amazing traveling experiences and we were joking about how, like, let's talk about how we've been sick on our travels. And it actually made me think that during the shamanic 300 hour with you, I got, I got COVID. I was mm-hmm. so sick. And that, that oh was like, God. you know, me versus me. It felt like, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, when I lived in Costa Rica too, I got dengue fever and I thought literally I was going to die there. And my shaman was like, that's great. It's like there is an aspect of you that will die there. Um, but it's like the rite of passage to travel. I don't know if you want to talk, let's talk about your travels. I'm being silly about being sick. Like I'm glad you're feeling better, of course. But if you want to talk a little bit about your travels and yeah, all all of that. Yeah. I should write like a I should write like a book about like all the places I've gotten deathly ill in the world. <laughs> just like, just like <laughs> the medicina. Before. That's where yeah, the medicine is. Medicina. <laughs> I know. And I, it's just funny when you said about the shaman, because I was in uh, Peru and I was, we were doing a Temescal, which is like a sweat lodge. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I remember before we went into the Temescal, they said that like the curandero, uh, who was leading the the Temescal? He, I remember them saying like, if you die in Temescal, it's like like you are going to die in Temescal, meaning a part of you is going to die, and that's part of what Temescal is is like going into this womb and letting something die and then coming back out. But actually, like they were sharing that like if you physically die it's considered a great honor and a blessing that you would die in a place like that and I just remember being like I don't want to die oh, I don't want to oh I love that they actually I said die. that I know just like oh shit what have I gotten into but yeah and uh traveling um has has definitely come with its ups and downs like lots of times getting sick which we were joking before and it's, it's like a it's like a requirement or something (laughs) yeah like I'm just like okay but yeah I um I just got over being sick here in Mexico I had some kind of like stomach flu and um also thought I was gonna die and didn't but um luckily (laughs) but yeah I started traveling uh kind of when I started teaching yoga I mean I've been out of the country uh I traveled to Spain when I was in college to study abroad and then but once I started teaching yoga and I got sober, I was like, I felt like I had missed out on a lot. <clears throat> um, 
and just felt this like hunger, new hunger for experiences and, um, and adventure and like just wanting to like see the world. And, um, and so I started traveling. Yeah. When I was 24, I got a work. Cause I was like, how can I do this? with not a lot of money. Like I didn't, I was 24. I, you know, I still don't have a lot of money. Like, how do I do this with not a lot of money? And so I, I started doing work trades. So I got a work trade job in Guatemala as a yoga teacher for two months. And, um, on this like yoga farm basically. And it was living, like I had never been away for two months and I, I was living in like a conscious community and sharing our meals, sharing our days, our work, our, our rooms, like everything was shared. It was, it was, uh, yeah, communal living. And, um, and I loved it. And, and that just kind of like set the ball rolling. And, and it was like any opportunity I could to just like go to a new place and experience it, I took it. And so from Guatemala, I came back, um, I was home for a little while and then went to Colorado because I at 27 thought it would be a good idea to move to Colorado in the winter and learn how to snowboard even though I had like never I grew up by the beach I grew up in South Carolina I like never been in that much snow in my life it was like like lied to get a lifty job they were like do you ski or snowboard I was like yeah of course I do they're like okay and they gave me the job and then I got there and they were like you don't like literally you do nothing and I was like I know so they put me on the kitty slope which was hilarious so like for the <laughs> winter of whatever year that was 20, year 27 for me I worked on like the kitty like not the like bunny slope but like the actual like two-year-old kids little like what do you call that thing the magic carpet like it's like a little escalator thing it was so fun though and like learned how to snowboard not very well but like had a great time and and then from there went to Thailand for a year because I got a job teaching English um yeah and then went to Peru and then it's just been like um after Peru I did my 300 hours teacher training there which is where the tennis ball was and where I met the Kula collective people because I took my 300 with them and um and fell in love with them and then it was like I want to work for you so started that whole process and that was like four or five years ago and since then I've been working for Kula and the greatest part about that is they they send me places you know and I get to lead these like amazing beautiful 200 hour teacher trainings like in beautiful places and it's a whole month of communal living which like I really sometimes is really tough but I love communal living like I like it's part of why I like being in Mexico is um this town that I was that I'm in now I was here last year and it's super small town like like I know all my neighbors you know like yeah and if I if I walk down the street I'm gonna guarantee see at least one person that I know if I go to the coffee shop I'm gonna run into two or three people that I know like so I really thrive in that kind of community living and um so that plus like traveling and being in like you know beautiful places like thriving it's like 
I can't even believe I get to live like this. So yeah, it's been a whirlwind. And then yeah, getting very, very sick along the way. I got really sick in Nepal one time. I thought I was going to die. You told me that story and I was like, oh my God. The, yeah, that was the story about the uh, the goat's milk, right? Yeah. Like, and you were there with you were there with your friend too. Yeah. So you both were like yeah. He was like, it's the funniest part is that I went with my friend that I met in Colorado, who's a snowboard instructor, and he's really like, bruh, like, bro. And uh, you know, the funniest part was we got so sick drinking this coffee with goat's milk that I think came straight from the udder. So it was like the bacteria. And so for like 24 hours, we were just like dying and uh, sharing this room. And he was taking pictures of me. I think I told you that. Like <laughs> yeah. while I was, while I was just like dead on the bed, just like, uh, kill me. He was like taking secret photos of me. And then for like months after would just like send me a photo once a month and be like, dude. And it would just be like my, <laughs> my like dead face on this pic. I was like, damn why would you do that? Like, so it was really funny, but not at the time. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I feel like also it's almost like our bodies like have to catch up with our energy field when we travel. And maybe that's why we get sick too, to like catch up on like a frequency level or just cause you're in like a whole new energy. Mm. I don't know. Just, there's so many different ways to look at disease and illness. Right. I mean, I think now when I get sick, I'm like, I view it as like a, a like medicine. Like what is the teaching? Yeah. Um, it's a big cleansing. Even though it sucks. Yeah. While it's you're like, in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I look at that too, like as a cleansing and there's usually like, I mean, <clears throat> we talked about this in the 300 hour, like, am I frozen? Okay. Um, no, you're not. Okay, good. Um, your internet connection is unstable. Of course it is, because I'm in Mexico. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll keep going. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's hard to see it at the time, but that's like one, like the shamanistic way of looking at illness is, is actually, it's a good thing because like purging in whatever form, like whether that's, you know, we all know the forms of purging. Um, purging in whatever form is a way of getting dis-ease or getting shadow or getting whatever that is out. And so like, I remember doing a cleanse in Peru, uh, a tobacco purge where we drank like this little shot of tobacco oil. And then you drink seven liters of water really, really fast. And you just start purging and like, Oh, it's not fun. No, it's not fun. That it sounds was, terrible. It was really rough. Did but, you do that with Ananda? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's amazing. And she is all about the-, the She like, you um, got this. Do yep. this. And like, yeah, no, we had, we were sitting around a fire with like buckets, right? And we're all just like, like it's coming up. And they're like, they're like cheering us on and like, woohoo, yeah, like and just like high fiving. And I'm like, and it was my, it was the first, but it was the first time that I, I could 
switch my perspective around like purging where, you know, like we have where it's, it's cause I used to think if, if I'm throwing up then I'm sick and this is terrible, but actually it's my body's way of getting rid of, of what I don't need. And so it's actually really can be a really good thing, especially if you're sick of like getting it out. And so that's how I looked at this last week was, it was interesting because I moved into this new apartment that I'm <clears throat> like the night I moved in um, is when I got sick to this new. So I've been <laughs> like interesting and a lot of crazy stuff has happened here in Mexico. I've been here for like two, three months. I don't even know how long. And <laughs> the energy here is really powerful. Like I, I, I think, you know, it can be everywhere, but, but Troncones is like mountains and ocean very close together. So like, I'm literally looking at mountains right now and I can turn around and look at the ocean. It's like that close. Yes. So beautiful, but it's like a vortex. And yep. like, uh, I was sitting on the beach one day recently and I, it hit me. I was like, why is everything so amplified here? Like the energy conflict things, you know, like inner conflict, things like that is amplified here. And it's, it's like that reflection, they're bouncing off of each other, you know, everything is just a reflection. So this energy is like big time here. And, um, and I think everywhere really like right now, but, um, but yeah, so I looked at it as like, a get it out, clean it out. And yeah, let it, that's- let it go. That's such a great um, way to describe how the energy feels there too. And it just, it takes me right to Santa Teresa in Costa Rica because I lived like in the jungle towards the mountains, but then you could literally walk to the beach and it was on a bed of selenite. So it was Mm. like, yeah, yes. And I met a lot of um, people there and healers there. And I, it like took me in, I, my soul got called there and then it's, I got dengue I learned some lessons, dark night of my dark, one of the dark night of the souls. I feel like we have so multiple, at least I do, yeah. And yeah. you know, Same. it's like, it like t- took me in and spit me out. Like it's just so clit, like so, so much cleansing happening, you know, and shedding. So yeah, it's definitely, you know, I think it's easier for me now when I am sick to kind of stay more grounded and stay out of a fear space, um, you know, instead of, well, I still kind of go to like, oh shit, I'm dying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I resort back to like being a kid again. Like, you know, where it's just like, I just want the, the physical comforts of like, I want my mom basically is how I get, I'm like, I want my mom. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I feel like being sick in a different country, in a foreign country is like just another experience. Like I was here and I don't have AC here. I don't have hot water and it's just like <laughs> part of the rough in it a little bit, but like when I'm sick and it's a hundred degrees and like, I'm just in my room, like with, I'm, I was like, I think I'm literally in hell right now. I think I'm in hell. <laughs> like This is hell. <laughs> But it's, yeah, it's like we go to that, like, that primal, like, or like, infant state of like, I just want all the physical comforts. And um, I think that's really natural. But I think like, 
yeah remembering that like okay this is like this is something good this is something <laughs> good because it's clearing out whatever my body right. did not want you know or my mind because yeah it's like sometimes we're holding on to stuff and I mean I know I am shadows and emotional stuff that like I didn't even know I was holding on to you know and I this like goes back to the spiritual path where I'm like no I'm good now like that whole like linear thing of like okay I've, I've fought my demons like I've looked at my shadows I've done all this work like it should be smooth sailing from here on out and then it's ah. like but that's not that's not the way it works you know? <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's like, like oh I'm already go. good I I healed that and then something else yeah. comes up yeah it's like constantly that spiral of revisiting um situations and then maybe operating from a different level of awareness or perspective perspective. Mm. I feel like we could go down the rabbit hole and just talk about that in general. Isn't it kind of amazing that like (laughs) you and I could be in the same place at the same time, but have a different experience because of perception Mm. and like our filters, uh, like as who we are, like, I know, like you mentioned Sunny before, and she was one of the other Kula facilitators that worked with us with our training but she talked about like with the frequency work as we go on through life it's like we acquire all these different filters Mm. and it's just I don't know I just think I've been noticing how different like perception is with different people and it's like um it's just like like right yeah 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 I I think about that a lot like wherever I am I'm like I wonder how this person views like even like a sunset, you know, like they're taking it in with completely different filter, completely different story, because we have all these stories, you know, that like, basically like define our reality. And so like, I look at, I look at the world or, or a person or, and I have like a story in the back of my head that goes with it, you know? So like, oh, like for me now, I'm in Mexico. Here's a sunset. Oh, I was in Mexico last year. Here's all these stories that went with that. And, um, and that sunset is going to look completely different to me because I've seen it so many times now to then a person on vacation here, you know, like for a week and they're just like, yeah. And that's interesting that you brought up perception because something I've been working on since I've been back here in Mexico and, and um, just in general is a word that my friend Colleen gave me which is non-conceptual awareness and um because when you talk about perspective like it's it's really like a story and so when I got to Mexico this year I was here for a full season winter season last year had amazing time had all these friends here and so when I came back this year I was like I knew my friends were all going to be here I knew I would have the same job so in my mind, it was going to be the same like experience and it's not like, when is it ever, when is it literally ever the same? Yeah. And so I came back and it's been completely different. Like four, three of my friends already left because like two of them had a bike accident. They're okay. But they had to go back to the States because one of them broke their elbow. Oh my and, gosh. Like, I have other friends that are leaving. Like work is different. Everything's different. And it's like when I'm comparing this year to last year or when I'm comparing this to anything, 
this when I get into like a storyline and some kind of suffering because I'm like, well, it should be this way. It should have been, it should be like it used to be. Um, and so Colleen's mentioned like non-conceptual awareness, which is like showing up in any moment with, with like non-concept. So without the story and just pure or without awareness. expectation. Right. Simple That's way to put it. Yeah. Hard. But it's like, sh- showing up with fresh eyes so even if like I'm going on a walk that I've been on a million times like how do I go on that walk and just try to like open my awareness and have fresh eyes to where I can see this the trees and and the like the fauna and everything around me in a different in a different perspective because I'm not putting a story to it or a concept on it same thing in relationships like if I show up to have coffee or talk to you or with anybody. And I think, oh, this is my friend, Lindsay. We have all this history together blah, 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 blah. and that's great. And like, would it be different if I showed up with like, like taking you completely in as just like who you are right now, not like Whoa. who you were yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. That yes. just inspired a thought while talking to you always. Usually you and I don't even communicate with words. We're just like, <laughs> I like miss seeing you it's so true <laughs> in the studio and just being like, beep, 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 yeah, beep. like and you're like I yeah <laughs> we just get it but um so yes. like make all these like eyes it's, at each other it's almost like yes I'm so glad that you mentioned that too it's like what if what what would how can I experience presence really I feel like is what we're kind of talking about but you experiencing me today and I don't even know what day it is because we're filming this before Tuesday of course but Mm -hmm. I don't know March something I'm a different Lindsay than the last time I saw you in December for the solstice women's gathering like I'm a different being from then or like Mm -hmm. isn't that and that is amazing too and also like how do we yeah. How do we release those stories or those experiences with other people and then continue to experience them in full presence and in a new way? But also then also this is going to be fun, right? The whole what about also framing your own energy and having boundaries? So that's like I always because I like to see people in their highest light. And that's definitely got me in trouble in the past. But experiencing someone and then I guess how do you like, how do you have boundaries with them? Or then also how do you have grace with them to allow them to shift into somebody Mm -hmm. different or a better version of themselves, you know? Right. Right. I think it's like, well, non-conceptual really doesn't, it's not even like good or bad. Like, so Mm -hmm. even, even saying like, how do I experience someone in their best light or in their highest light? that would be putting a concept on it. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So it's like, (laughs) yeah. So how can I, how do we do that? (laughs) Yeah. But I wouldn't say like, like boundaries are still important, I think. And I, I, for your, for the little, you know, remembering like that to hold yourself and the little Lindsay and little Stevie inside is like, like, just because I'm practicing non-conceptual awareness doesn't mean I need to practice it with every, everyone and everything. And, and like, I don't need to run to this person that hurt me and try to go see them with fresh eyes. It's like, 
that's not serving either one of us, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. like, no, like, but yeah, even putting like, I'm even trying to see this person as like, you know, I think what happens naturally with not with that kind of practice of, of that awareness is like, you do see people in like a, a new way and have more compassion for them and do see them in like a lighter way because you're not ju- like putting, I'm not putting this like judgment or story on them. Um, but again, it's like everything else is like a practice, you know, it's, it's not like something that can be perfectly done all the time, especially I think, and I am no relationship expert, but I think in like romantic relationships, <laughs> same single I've been single for a while now um living our best lives though yeah yeah (laughs) but I think or even like okay so romantic relationship but also like even just really close friendships people that are like you're seeing on a regular basis like even those we can get into such a routine with people of like and I think that's where the mundane comes in and where we get maybe like I know uh I get bored or resistant because we're just playing these roles, you know, and it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, you're you, I'm me, we're going to do this whole dance, because this is what we've been doing forever. And like, if I could approach that friendship or that relationship, that person seeing that person, like wake up in the morning and see them with fresh eyes and really take in like active listening and really receive them entirely, like, then it would create all this new energy for that relationship you know and like infinite potential and creativity for that relationship to go in all different directions rather than it just being like okay here we are again playing our roles and I'm gonna play me and you're gonna play you it's like it reminds me of the Eckhart Tolle like New Earth Mm. you ever read that book yeah and he I always talk about this in like trainings because he taught, there's a practice, which is like essentially the same thing, non-conceptual awareness, where you like go out and look at a flower or you can look at a tree, but try not to label it a flower or a tree. Like when you look at it, try not to say like, oh, this is like in your mind, like a flower, what type, this is a rose, this is a pink. Instead, just try to completely take it in without any kind of word label at all and just let it be whatever it is. And I actually did that practice and I was like, you know, yeah, like this whole, the world got a lot bigger when I was able to do that. So I think that's what it does for me, like in relationships too, is my world gets a lot bigger. I think that's amazing. I think it's, yeah, it is great. And it's just, yeah, trying to find the present moment is or just be in presence because suffer. It's like, I know you mentioned suffering before too, which I wanted to touch on. It's like, I was talking to another friend who's on the yogic path as well. And we're talking about like, oh, well, if I just release my attachment to this, that, and the other thing, then I won't suffer anymore. And I was like, well, how do we do that? Yeah. (laughs) Like, is that what we're here to do is to release our suffering or is it, it's also, but suffering is our path. Like, Mm -hmm. so it's like that whole, it's, I feel like the word duality just keeps coming in right now, but like Mm -hmm. experiencing the suffering, but also how do we limit and like detach from the suffering? Is that the balance of life? Are these, are we talking about the secrets of life here? 
yeah i think these are the these are the secrets of life that we'll never know no we just don't know it's like how is that the goal like i don't know yeah i don't know i mean it depends on what you choose to believe i guess it's like you know the the buddha would say like life is suffering and you know like that's part it's to go beyond that but like the tantric way would say to go into it and go into the body and feel everything and so I guess it just depends on on your path but yeah like I do find that the more integrated I become like through these practices of feeling my feelings not the story again it's not like I'm feeling depressed because so-and-so did this to me or this is happening in my life and I'm sick or I don't know like that's not the feeling that's the story that's the thought process around it the feeling is the physical sensation of whatever so like by doing that practice non-conceptual awareness practice like all these practices that we do in our on our path whatever our path is like I think for me it's it's like the Paramahansa Yogananda quote where like eventually all this stuff will kind of start falling away what I've noticed is that's happened is like there is less suffering like there as time goes on as I keep practicing these things there's less suffering or you know I could look at it like there is less suffering or it's just like I I've learned how to welcome it in you know like I'm reading women who run with the wolves again and um, have you read that I have that book I have all the books you've mentioned so far I have. And it's like, I have a literally, I just ordered another book this morning. You mentioned Iyengar. Uh I, this is so weird or not. It's totally aligned, but I was looking at my Facebook memories this morning. So stupid, but my friend, Christy, (laughs) bless you. Love you, Christy. She had wrote on my Facebook wall, like 12 years ago about this Iyengar book called light on yoga. Have you read mm-hmm. that? I just bought mm-hmm. it this morning. And then you mentioned Iyengar today. I'm like, just Yay! add that to the pile. I have I like, piles everywhere, half read books everywhere. I'm like so many yeah. books, not enough. I time. have a lot. I have a lot of half read books back home. Yeah. Well, I've, and this was one of those half reads that I, yeah. yeah, like never finished. <laughs> so I picked, I brought it with me and I've been reading it. And she talks about that, like, uh, life, death, life, um, mother or energy or whatever you choose to call it but it's uh she calls it um lo que sabe that the one that which knows it's like life death life and so she talks about these like cycles and how we have to take death like into relationship because it's like you said duality suffering like there is no life without death there cannot be because what is it without death? There's just like, what are we? Like, we're just, you know, without suffering, without all the, not just physical death, but the death of like ourselves and our parts of ourselves and relationships and jobs and, and seasons in our life. Like all of like death is happening constantly. And a lot of times the suffering comes in when we can't like embrace and when we can't like really come into relationship with that death it's like suffering is really the second arrow like you know pain happens in life 
but suffering happens when we, we can't really fully accept and, and bring in that whatever's happening, that death mm-hmm. you know, into our, into our arms and like into our re- relationship with ourselves. And so again, that's like, um, goes back to the cyclical nature of this path is like, we have to, I think it's inevitable that we're going to come up on these like deaths again and again and again and again, and the more we can love that, you know, like the easier it is. But so I think that's like made it easier for me over time. Like the, the things that happen in my life just don't seem as horrific as they used to, you know, everything used to be such a big deal. Like, yeah. <laughs> like everything is like, I'm dying, you know, but yeah. So it's made it a little easier. It is interesting too. Um, you know, I think I read a quote, I'll probably butcher it, but you, you know, we were talking about relationships and death and transformations and all this. And I have a lot of, you know, Sarah did my birth chart and I have a lot shitload of Scorpio. My, I mean, who's surprised at that? Not me, but I have a lot of Scorpio in my chart. And, uh, basically what she said is like, I am in a constant state of shedding. Like I'm always shedding. I'm like, Oh, Hey, I'm a new version of me. Hey, I'm a new version of me. Hey, I'm a new version of me. And so like, of course, her and I, like we laughed about it as far as like what I'm going to need eventually from a romantic partner, someone who can accept like, oh, so you were like that six months ago, but now you're embodying something a little bit different. Okay. And it's just, she said the level and we all do this, we all shed, but she's like the level at which I'm shedding is very rapid. (laughs) So it might be a little hard. Someone needs to hold the reins, hold, (laughs) rain the energy. I'm sure he's out there. Bless you, wherever Mm -hmm. you are. Anyways. Um, I read this romantic quote and it was like, being in a committed relationship is witnessing the funerals of the one that you love over and over again. Mm. And I just got chills because I was like, that is so beautiful. I'm waiting for that. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? But like, yes, like embracing, yeah, death is happening all over. And it's like, if you can have the perception of that, it's like, yeah. Phases of life. Like you're, you know, like you were in South Carolina mm-hmm. and now you, that phase ended and now you're in Mexico and mm-hmm. like, we're just constantly, yes. Moving through the life death cycle. It's yeah. That's just yeah. like psh, my brain. right now. <laughs> Yay. I know. Well, I was literally reading last night and, and it's been something that I've been thinking a lot about and like these cycles and, and how really like, yeah, that's where uh, most of the suffering comes from is is when we hold on to the story and when we <clears throat> like all I love how all this is just tying in together I hope it is because to me it is it's like I wow, mean to me like it all is these different, but you, you all know these me different, and you are <laughs> I know people are gonna be like what did I just listen to like anyway but I love how it's like tying together and and that it is it's like something that that I've really realized is like this unwillingness to let go of the story or unwillingness to let go of the story of who I think I am or I want people to think I am or um, who I want this person to think I am like letting and being able to just be like shedding constantly. It takes practice. It takes compassion, but it's like, that's where the suffering lessons is when I'm able to just like, all right, here we go again. You know, here we are again. And out yeah. with the old and with, you know, constantly. So 
also Ooh. like that embodying the ability to create a new story for yourself, like mm-hmm. knowing that you are worthy of shifting into a different timeline if you mm-hmm. desire it, because mm-hmm. you are the creator of your reality. And so like Lindsay in December, like I was writing a different story then. And maybe I'm writing a new, I'm writing a new story now. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to hold the pen to my story and Mm -hmm. like taking the power away from, you know, that whole idea again, of perception, like people, you experience me and I experience you and I love you. I mean, but maybe someone else experiences me when I'm having a shitty day and they're like, I don't like her. I don't like her vibe. It's just like all about, yeah, it's all about perception and energy and filters. And yeah, isn't it, isn't that amazing about life though, that like you can experience me and someone else could experience me totally different experience, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that's what makes it all. It's all, all of it. Contrast, contrast, conflict, all of it, shadow light. And like, I remember I was doing shadow work and, you know, someone uh, was like, well, why do you want to do that? Cause then you're going to kind of draw in more of the shadow. Like law of attraction says, if you bring in what you focus on. Yes. Yeah. And no, like I love the law of attraction, but I also feel like we have to look at our darkness. We mm-hmm. have to look at what's going on and, and declutter and detoxify all of that. And right. I don't know. I don't know. What we are have your to, thoughts? We you have even- to like, yeah, we have to. Well, I'm gonna do the little. Oh dance, yeah! Oh my gosh! Yes, because we've been talking for so long, and we didn't no, even get I to do talk it. about ceremony or bhakta. I know. <laughs> we'll Just do, do a little. Two. Do a little disclaimer. Let's do part two. Let's do part two. We'll do it for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then I, I wish I hadn't done that dance because I forgot what your last, what the last thing that you oh, said we're- was. Uh, we were talking about, oh, the law of attraction and also toxic oh, yeah, positivity. Yeah. There was that out there too. Like, oh, don't worry about it. Love and light. No, that's not. Well, that's, that's also not the shamanic path. Right. And that's like the spiritual bypassing, you know, it's yes. like the toxic positivity of like, no, 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 it's fine. And uh, I think there's like, there's a quote by Carl Jung. It's in your, it's probably in your manual. It's where I remember seeing it. It's like, um, we don't be, and I'm probably going to butcher this too, but it's like, we don't become enlightened by imagining light. We become enlightened by making what is dark and or facing what is dark and bringing it to the light. So it's like, yeah, we have to look at the dark and bring it up. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, and that's shamanism. Yeah. Literally. I think about like colors. If I look at it, like, like if I'm avo- avoiding the dark, then my like light is going to really be like a gray color because like, it's, it's all like seeping up, you know, like the dark shadows, even if I'm like, Oh, everything's fine all the time. Everything's good. Like what's actually present is just this like gray, like I just picture this like gray smoky light. That's not serving me or anybody, but the more that I pull that darkness up and out and, and that really just takes a tent, like 10, tending to myself you know and all these things that we've talked about today is like really being with myself and and being loving and compassionate and and kind and um but also having like being willing to have an honest look at ourselves which is like can be really hard but really yeah. fruitful and worth it so well 
Yeah. How, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, you know, I, I love you and we'll definitely have to do part two so we could talk about ceremony and, and Bakta. Um, but yeah. you know, if people want to connect with you, like what's the best way that they can connect with you? Oh, I'm like so bad with technology. Um, <laughs> just send you a message like, telepathically. Yeah. Got just like, it. No, I would say like, for I mean, no, it's so funny because people are always like, do you have a website, a card, anything? And I'm like, no, no. Um, but I do have, I have Instagram and I do post on there, like some boxy stuff. And I have my little link for Kula on there where I'm doing trainings with them and anything else I post. Uh, or anything else I'm going to be doing in the future, I'll post like on Linktree. Cool. So if you want to like attach that somewhere. Yeah. It'll be, yeah. Just in your bio, it'll be in, in the bio. Okay. So, (laughs) well, um, thank you so much. Um, I feel like you and I could literally talk for hours on end just about all the things. So, um, Yes. Thank you. Thank you everybody for listening or watching, like however you're consuming the information today, but, um, yeah, thank you. This is Lindsay Warwick, uh, top of Tuesday check in. Um, yeah, every week. Thanks Stevie. Thank you.